0: Everyone, and welcome to You Love to Scream It, a podcast where we watch horror TV shows and movies and tell you all about them. I am your host, Danielle Riendo, and I am thrilled to bring you uh, a couple of co-hosts that I would. I am just so happy to have along with this journey to watch one of my favorite movies of all time. I have Helby Hug Tears.
1: What's up? I've got some sights to show you.
0: <laughs> Good. And I I guess I don't know how to make your name hellish, Merit. Uh Oh.
1: Scare it. Uh, scary. scary <laughs> <Maritare>. <laughs>
0: Scare, there we go. Uh, a- alongside me here. And today we are watching, again, one of my all-time favorite movies, uh, Hellraiser from 1987. We're going to do a content warning here. This one's just it's like kind of kink, sex, blood, family stuff. That's Those are the content warnings uh, for this one. And, of course, I'm going to go into the sort of usual description here. Uh, and then we're going to talk about this fucking gem of a 1987 uh, film. Hellraiser is a 1987 British supernatural horror film written and directed by Clive Barker and produced by Christopher Figg based on Barker's novella, The Hellbound Heart. The film marked Barker's directorial debut and it is involving. it involves a puzzle box which summons the Cenobites, a murderous group from another dimension who cannot differentiate between pain and pleasure. They are led by the lead Cenobite, played by Doug Bradley and identified in the sequels as Pinhead. Okay, so I've already said this is one of my all-time favorite movies, uh, but LB and Merritt, I want to hear about your sort of history with Hellraiser and sort of how, how you feel on re-watching it here in, here
1: in 2020.
0: LB, do you want to start?
1: Yeah, uh, it is also one of my all-time favorite movies. Oh, as awesome. I have uh, mentioned before, I was a... Uh, didn't get into horror until I was like a kind of an older teenager because uh, I was so scared of everything as a little kid. Um, so I actually didn't see Hellraiser until I was an adult. But since then I have watched it every year oh and I watch God. it every time it becomes the spooky season. <laughs> uh, I don't even mean to. It's like that and Suspiria are the two where it's just like, eh, it's, uh, you know, i not doing anything. It's October 30th or whatever. <laughs> Time to watch Hellraiser again. Yeah. Uh, I love it. It's great. I'm a big Claire Barker fan. Um, it's, it's the best. It's Hellraiser.
0: Fuck yeah. Merritt, how about you?
1: So I think I first saw this movie
2: about two years ago and mm. it was with you. It was when it was, we
0: watched it. Okay, that's cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, um, let me just bring up my letterbox and see <laughs> when it was exactly <laughs> that I watched Hellraiser because. Oh, um, oh nice. Oh, New From Friends, Hellraiser, LB Hunk Tears, Five Stars. Cool. Um, <laughs> so uh, edit my review. Okay, I watched it almost exactly two years ago. Um on September 18th, 2018. And um Nice. This was sort of at the beginning of our exploration of 80s horror, which I think I've said before is how I got into horror movies because yeah. I also was a big baby, but I was a baby up until my being a full grown ass adult. um,
0: I saw a few horror movies until (laughs) September
2: 18th. I think we had watched, um, I think we had eased into it. I think maybe we had watched like some of the nightmare movies first. Yeah. Um, Because Hellraiser, I will say Hellraiser is more upsetting than like a nightmare on Elm Street. It's like, Way more gory and um, less like it's, it doesn't have like the goofy energy of like a Freddy, right? Yeah. Um, it's played seriously. And now, in retrospect, a lot of it, because of the aesthetics of it, are kind of uh, schlocky, but I still think you can watch it and be uh, frightened by it. I, yeah, and I loved it. Um, I think what I said in my review at the time was that it's a horror movie where the action is driven by a British woman in power suits and sunglasses being horny. (laughs) That is to say, it's good. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I enjoyed this a lot and um, I have also seen the sequel, but there are nine sequels to this movie. that's Um, wild. And I've only seen, uh, I believe I've only seen the second one. Um, And there are there's so many more
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think after the second one i i genuinely have not watched any of them after the second one i love the second one i'm one of those people who actually really enjoys the second one even though it is like high camp instead of like you said played relatively ha played straight ish um (laughs) But it, uh, they start becoming, like, they're called angels instead of Cenobites. There's a whole fucking thing well, that happens, like, after the second one.
2: It, yeah, so the first one, I feel like, is the purest instantation of um, the premise. Because yeah. in the first one, the Cenobites aren't demons, exactly. They're, like, aliens, kind of. They're from another dimension, and they describe themselves as like explorers of like the furthest realm of sensation. And um, in the second movie, they're just demons from hell. Right. Like they're straight up just demons from literal hell and they punish people for doing shit. Whereas I feel like the, f-
0: but, well, the first people one who go to hell and then they become yes, the demon. Yes. It's like a weird fucking, but yeah, I they, feel like they start changing shit.
2: I feel like yeah. the first one, um, yeah, yeah the premise is like much more interesting of like, they're not malicious. Like they're not no, no. evil. Um, they just, they're, they're amoral by our standards. They're
1: just doing their thing. They're, they're just doing their, their
2: thing. thing. And they didn't ask for consent to rip. Well, no, actually t- sort of, they so did like, because you, you did the box. You did the yeah. box. So if you do the box, you are going to get ripped apart by There's hooks. There's no safe words though. No. Yeah,
1: that's the problem. Yeah. No, yeah, I think if they impl- if they implemented safe words, the Cenobites would be perfect. They would yeah. be like, unproblematic. Would be yeah, I would like. <laughs> they, exactly. They'd be unproblematic. They'd be my buddies. I don't mean perfect as in perfect horror monsters because they're perfect horror monsters. No. Right. Yeah. But yeah. as in perfect homies for me. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> to hang
1: out with. Safe words to hang out with. Just implement safe words. Yeah. So have you read the novella?
2: The Hellbound mean. Heart? No. no.
1: Yeah. The Hellbound Heart. I have. It's uh, one of the few books. More sexual. That I'm like, I need to own this in hard copy. Yeah. Um, So I just have to like the the way that they the torture is different in the book. I understand why they couldn't do this in the movie, but it's so fucking cool. Where basically like they do get full on consent, consent. Okay. From Frank. Okay. They're like, are you sure? You know, there's no going back. Do you understand that? And he's like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Let's get it. (laughs) And uh, they basically just like, they're like, okay. And all of a sudden, like his ability to feel like his senses all just get turned up to like a fucking billion. And he is basically driven crazy by like the feeling of air on his skin. And like there's a tiny piece of meat in his teeth from his last meal and like a little bit of the, it describes like uh, a little bit of gravy, like falling out of the, off of the tiny bit of meat into his mouth. And it's just like too fucking much. And he just loses his shit. And I'm just like, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love it so much. Like everything, you know, like it's the like sounds just super loud. It's just so fucking cool. I love Clive Barker. I, yeah, I love He's this. wonderful. I love this movie also. He's a uh, like
2: yeah like yeah
1: first this, movie first movie this directed. is his
2: directorial debut yeah he was there were clive barker movies before but he was so unsatisfied with them that he was like i'm gonna do it this time all right i'll roll up my sleeves i guess clive's gotta do the job now and um <laughs> the, yeah. the making of this movie and the reception of it are so weird and interesting and we can get into like the summary of the plot but like it's a it was really divisive when it was released um Roger Ebert fucking hated it because he's a trash man who doesn't know anything about movies. Um, And yeah, the adaptation was really difficult because it's really sexual, like in the book. Um, And the original cut was A, way more violent and B, way more sexual. And they took out a bunch of stuff because it was originally rated X. Um, And so they cut a bunch of scenes for an R rating. Even so, it was... uh, I think it was banned in Ontario, in Canada, Ontario. Oh, no. Um, yeah, it was, um, I think they cut out a bunch of stuff later and it, then it came out as, with an R rating. Um, but yeah, a lot of people hated it. A lot of people loved it. A lot of people said like, this is like one of the best horror movies that's ever been made. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, why don't we just get into it?
0: yeah. Yeah, I just wanna I wanna give briefly my my quick uh oh, yeah, please. history with it as well that oh yeah, no, no problem. I, I already said that it's one of my favorites, but I like Elby, I watch this every October. Well, I guess I I guess two years ago it was in September technically, but it's fine. <laughs> um I watched it first a few years ago on Halloween night, because I had never seen it, and I was utterly transfixed. Like to me, this is one of the queerest uh, sort of horror movies especially of its era and especially in terms of I mean I I feel like the the pretty express content here is that this is a movie about people who want things that they're not supposed to have in like a boring miserable vanilla you know heteronormative world (laughs) um and the only way you could do that is to do that with horror like through a horror lens and that's kind of the only way Clive Barker could get this onto celluloid and like to your point Merritt, um, just to just to get this part out of the way, in terms of like the making of the movie. There's a great interview that Barker did uh, in Sam Hain Magazine, apparently in July of mm. 87, not long after it came out, uh, about the censors. And he said, well, we did have a slight problem with the eroticism. I shot a much hotter flashback uh, sequence than they would allow us to cut in. Mine was more explicit and less violent. They wanted to substitute one kind of undertow for another. I had a much more explicit sexual encounter between Frank and Julia, but they said, no, let's take out the sodomy and put, the flick in, put in the flick knife. Uh, Which is utterly just everything about, you know, uh, American and I I suppose also Canadian culture and and what's acceptable to put on screen and see and look at. Uh, So, yeah, I also only came to this movie as an adult, even though Pinhead had like I swear to God, I've seen Pinhead action figures and like. Oh, yeah. Like goofy, you know, bits and pieces of Pinhead and him, you know, talking and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, that's, that's all over the culture, and then I never sat down and, to watch it until a few years ago, uh, you know, as a person in their 30s, and was just like, oh, this is gay, this is queer, this is transgressive, and this is absolutely fucking beautiful, and I will watch this every year. <laughs> so that's my, that's my feeling about it. Uh, not to, like, trump it up too much here, uh, but it really is fucking awesome. So the movie actually begins... Um, with one of my only kind of complaints about it is that it, this is pretty Orientalist. Uh, the sort of like, oh, Frank is in some, uh, you know, foreign land. It's like a very, like, Indiana Jones marketplace kind of scene uh, where he is uh, getting the lament configuration, the the puzzle box that unleashes the sort of uh, hell dimension, the hell realm, the chaos realm, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and, you know... The uh, the gentleman that he's talking to is like it's yours, and he walks away. And he says it always was. And then we get an image of Frank, you know, he's set up his little like meditation lair, I guess. All these candles, really, really stark, uh, like dark space, and he starts playing with the lament configuration and his fingernails are really dirty. Let's just be honest. Like Frank, Frank does not care for cleanliness. Uh, He won't throughout the film, which is another sort of signifier of what's going on here, but he starts playing with it and he starts putting the puzzle together and he's really sweaty and he's clearly like very excited and he puts it together and we get these like incredible wind chime effects. We get all this like incredible sound design and, fish hooks I think they're fish hooks pierce his skin and he is torn apart and soon after the Cenobites come in and sort of examine the damage they put him back together in sort of they put his face back together uh and then they all disappear to some sort of realm so uh pretty cool opening uh really really gets right in there this is a very tight movie I should say it's a 93 minute movie that does not waste any time uh getting going and getting moving uh how do y'all feel about this intro
1: just fucking cool gross <laughs> dude shirtless guy with candles boom 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 <laughs> we're not even five minutes in hooks in her in his skin let's do it this is this is how a movie should be paced i'm like fine <laughs> with something that if it's on the level if it's on the level of like a hereditary or a Mart being like fucking long as shit yeah but if unless you're unless you want to do something that's that, if you're that good at being that intense and long, like let's all just try and keep it to 93 because (laughs) you can do so much and you can be so cool and so awesome Okay, maybe they'd cut out some of the other stuff, so it could have, like, original Clyde Barker version maybe was 95 minutes, 97 shirts. Sure, Who sure. knows?
0: It's just a few shots there, apparently, uh, at least yeah. in the sequence
1: yeah. I was talking So perfect. <laughs> so 94, whatever. Like, this is how I want a movie paste. I want hooks and skin in the first five minutes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Love it. Sweaty, shirtless, gross, dirty nailed, immediately torn apart. Mwah. No complaints.
0: <laughs> how about you, Merit?
2: I forget how much they get into it at this point, but I love the idea that this guy is like, that Frank is has to dive into like the forbidden pleasures after like, I feel like in the movie, he hasn't like done that much. Like he's fucked like maybe like a couple of ladies at once and done some <laughs> yeah. drugs. And he's like, well, I guess that's it. That's, that's the <laughs> highest I can aspire to on this world. I have to reach out <laughs> to other planes now if I want the forbidden pleasures of being torn apart by hooks um i think he thought he was gonna get a sexy lady i think that's in the book um where he's like oh i thought it was gonna be a sexy lady that came out of the box because that's the forbidden pleasure that i can
1: imagine that's how big my brain is <laughs> um i mean he does get a sexy lady and i believe it's pretty gnarly oh. if i
2: remember right i'm Ooh. not
1: gonna I'm not gonna read it also in the in the book pinhead is not a dude mm-hmm. right pinhead yeah, yeah, yeah is a uh is a yeah is a, a genderless figure, right? I think a, with a, a, like yeah. Described. A genderless figure with like a girly voice. Yeah. Like a high breathy feminine voice. Yeah. And there's some like vaginal body horror early on that I'm well, not you gonna gotta. read on you the gotta. podcast.
0: <laughs> you gotta yeah. you just gotta you gotta <laughs> it's a, uh, of one of the most effective openings since you know another uh Uh, directorial debut that we watched last week (laughs) frankly it's the opposite type of incredibly uh, effective intro but it's it it sure works it works well and not long after this we are introduced to the fucking normie larry played by andrew robinson who is a delight in life would later go on to play uh, garrick on uh, deep space nine and actually direct a lot of star trek episodes so trekkies know him as Garrick, uh, the uh, pansexual spy in Deep Space Nine. But here he is just the most fucking normie ass normie. And of course, his. Oh, uh, what?
2: He's Garrick? Yeah, he's Garrick. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But yeah, he Larry's looks so, so different without all, his, without all the garbage on his face. Without
0: all the lizard
1: makeup, you know? <laughs> and all the like.
0: Yep. I can't Yeah, I know. What it's the an opposite. icon. It's
2: opposite.
1: What an icon. Truly. What like wow. Did you wow I, I am queer light? And I kind of this. queer nerd hearts. Yeah. Like because the like the Garrick Bashir shippers and the like really hardcore Hellraiser people feel like maybe they're not always the same people, but they are like maybe they're like date each other.
0: They go to the same bars
1: you know. Yeah, they go yeah. To this like they hang out at the same rooms at the con, you know, like <laughs> Exactly. They go to the same room parties at the, the sci-fi convention. They like, might know
0: ah. Klingon, you know, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh yes, 100%. Uh, and this is a delightful performance. Um I read this all the time as as a you love to hate him kind of performance because I think he's the real villain here, of course because I do. Uh but yeah, he he's just like the most boring asshole corporate 80s man with his unbearably hot frigid uppity that's how she's described at least in some places wife julia who does not want to be in this place they're coming to this same exact house where frank has done his dirty deed and gotten torn apart um and this is like the family home apparently and you know for whatever reason uh larry decided to move to move the fam back to London. And this is a point Is that of where they are? They're in London and apparently they ADR'd out a whole bunch of the British accents from other actors, but Julia still has oh my her God. accent. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. It's a lot. <laughs> Go ahead, Mary. So. Yeah.
2: No, I was just saying, yeah, that yeah. is one of the okay. weird Sorry, things that movie. Sorry, I thought you were about to say something. That they did just, redub like, some of the lines. Yeah. That's kind of weird.
0: <sighs> yeah, and there's a lot of things, especially between uh, Kirsty, which is the uh, young adult daughter of... of um, our, our buddy here, Mr. Normie and her boyfriend. Like they have this whole thing about like, they, they have all these lines about British people and he has an American accent. It's
1: really okay. That explains so much. It's I've so always wondered because he has like the most fundamentally British energy. Mm-hmm. Like they have Larry's inexplicably adult daughter, Kirsty, um, <laughs> who's super American. Uh, they moved to London, which explained that makes a lot of sense that they're in London. Uh, She gets this like boyfriend at a dinner party who looks like like the secondary synth player in (laughs) any British new wave video. (laughs) Yeah. Like he has this like kind of boyish medium level good look charm of like, yeah, just British guy
0: yep and he inexplicably has an american accent and
1: not but it was they redubbed it because yeah. the movie was too sexual and just they're like here's the things that's not gonna fly they have to you like love take the body out, horror and
0: they have to take out the anal sex and take out the british accent and put in a knife instead
1: <laughs> you can't have all these british voices like this <laughs> is not gonna fly <laughs> the the stop-motion rebuilding of a human body oh. love that that's, I think audiences are going to go crazy for that. But a British, too many British accents. People are, it's, listen, listen, kid. Listen, Clive, kiddo. <laughs> you got Moxie. I'll tell you that. You got but Moxie, kid. You got Moxie. You got Moxie putting this many British voices in a movie. It's not going to fly. It's not going to fly in middle America. Yeah. They do In middle America, they don't like anal sex and they don't like the English. That's
2: what it is. Those are the two things that they don't like.
1: Those are the two things that will not play in
2: Peoria. <laughs> That's <what> it
1: is. <laughs> <It's> really true. all sex in English. Yeah.
0: Um, oh, God. I love this so very much. Well, we soon learn as we're walking around the house that Julia has been here before. She's been to the family house before. It was, it was around the time she married Larry. And who came in in the rain but Frank sexy hot wet frank who comes in and he's like well can i come in can i come in or what he's just this gruff like american hot guy with like a very you know very jeff goldblum haircut at the time and and all this other kind of stuff they have a hot hot affair which apparently again a lot of footage was cut from it it was much more explicit in an earlier cut um it's just like it's it's a pretty basic depiction of like pretty basic kink stuff. Apparently they cut out a lot of like spanking and and other stuff that's happening. And after their encounter, Frank is sitting there sullenly saying it's not enough. It's never enough, which like, again, it's the thesis of this film, I think, at least part of the thesis of this film, which is like very relatable. Poor Frank just can never get enough. Spanking uh, spanking's not enough for this man. Uh, But, of course, because it's a movie from the 80s that eventually got an R rating, we probably could never put on film a lot of the other things that he's tried. So it's one of those kind of like, oh, the fact that this man has erotic statues and pictures of of hot ladies he's slept with, that means he's a bad boy and also he's into kink. Um, So, yeah. Again, it's this indictment of uh, being different and having different appetites and uh, different sexuality and so on and so forth. But... Julia just ain't happy. She's clearly bored out of her fucking mind with Larry, who is just so happy, um, you know, to be back in the old family home. Uh, which, again, he has an American accent, so maybe he just like this was a summer home. I I don't know. It's there's a lot of confused accent stuff. We've already gone into that. Soon enough, uh, they are moving in to the the uh, the house, and Kirsty has been called and uh, adult daughter Kirsty is gonna come hang out with dad and see Julia, and they don't get along super well. That's established really early on. Uh, Kirsty is not Julia's daughter. Uh, she is uh, from a previous marriage uh, where the uh, wife has died. That's not super important, but I guess it, it it kind of bears somewhat saying. While moving, while doing the worst job anybody's ever done in the, the history of the universe of putting a mattress up a staircase with three people, Honestly, this like offends me on many levels as somebody who moves much heavier things up and down much more difficult staircases. But it's fine. He cuts his hand badly in one of the more graphic shots. Actually, it's to this, so point. gross. This is gross. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, LB, LB Merritt. Talk. I've been talking too much. Uh, ha- how do you feel about this?
1: Uh, I mean, I do have to say, like the Frank stuff. That like I I I always do get the energy that it's like he hasn't actually tried anything that cool. <laughs> He's just, like, a gross sex tourist. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, like all his, he has these photos of just being, like, look at all these different lands I've been to and all these different, like, different ethnic ladies I've mm-hmm. fucked. And mm-hmm. it's not enough. It's like, yeah, because you're disgusting. That's why. Because <laughs> you haven't tried anything actually cool. At least that's, like, the, that's the, that's the read of Frank I
0: always do. Frank didn't have the pleasure of the internet at this point. He just thinks
1: he's cool because he's- Honestly, Frank, honestly, Frank, you could have picked up a fucking one, a copy of one of the many underground magazines that existed long before 1987 and seen what the whole world has to offer you. Like, I don't think, like Frank has never read Boot Lover's Digest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're probably right. I, it's it's. I one mean, of that's those my things. Rita oh, Frank. Sorry,
1: my Rita Frank is someone who has not read Boot Lovers Digest. <laughs> and
0: yeah, like, I'm, yeah. I mean, he's clearly so I, like an asshole, and we're not supposed to like him. Watching the movie, either way. So, like, I think that supports that pretty well. I guess I just have this, like, maybe it's just because I I came to this as like the gayest person who's ever lived, and and saw a little bit of that, like. Oh, a little bit of that internalized homophobia. A little bit of that, like you're oh, yeah. fucking weirdo like for he, liking certain things, like in him. But that might just yeah. be because I'm sympathetic to that point of view for sure.
1: I mean, I think that's legit, and I think that's like a way of, I think that's a way of a totally valid way of reading it. But like, I don't think Frank is, or at least we're not given any indication that Frank is living that, living that is like he's trying any of the, is trying yeah. any of the things that he does need. Yeah, yeah, he's not living his truth. He's like trying all these things in these and like and it's not satisfying so maybe like maybe if you tried the cool stuff frank maybe if you'd gotten gotten fisted yeah like an adult yeah frank come on frank how can you say you've (laughs)
0: tried it all
1: like come on frank like you don't summon the stand bites that's like (laughs) really jumping the shark here frank there's a lot of shit it doesn't seem like you've tried yeah
2: frank's like a guy who Uh, gets into something like gets into a hobby and um it's like, yeah, I've, I've, like, enjoyed some of this. I'm going to go out and spend $10,000 on, like, some, <laughs> on, like, a jet ski and just get really into jet skiing. And then it's like, God, yeah. You could have just rented one first or, like, you know, <laughs> tried it.
0: it's such a good point. Yeah. It's very true. I also realize I'm also that kind of person. So maybe I'm just,
1: like. <laughs> i mean i'm not kind of i am also that kind of i'm also that kind of person <laughs> but i have i have like really bad imposter syndrome so i would never summon the Cenobites unless i had done so much homework because i'd be worried that i'd be embarrassed yeah
0: no that's <laughs> real that's real you don't want to fucking go to the Cenobites and be like i spanked somebody once like they will just tell you to go home
1: honestly at I that like point that's why they're so mean to him that's why they just tear him apart immediately and they just like don't try anything cool they're like you suck
0: can Frank? Bye. Goodbye. But it's Frank.
1: like we're no, we all like we're given these little pieces, and like a, the way everyone consumes anything is like we project ourselves onto it, and we read yeah. into it what we want. So it's cool that we all see different.
0: Yeah, the shit
1: different the different Frank. Franks. You know the different Franks. What's your Frank like, Merritt? How is your Frank Cotton? <laughs> <laughs> How's Frank Cotton in your heart? Um. Yeah,
2: I mean, no, I'm kind of of the. I can see both sides here. I can see like the the Clyde Barker trying <laughs> to like the Frank
1: centrist.
2: <laughs> I'm a Frank centrist. I think there are good good Franks on both sides. You
1: know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair.
0: Uh, <laughs> it it does it does make me always wonder, like with regards to this and and so many other things, like with fewer limitations culturally. If Clive Barker, like, young Clive Barker would have made something different. Like, if he actually could put everything on film and not be yelled at by the censors for things as, like, frankly fucking not that out there as, like, two scenes of anal sex or something, you know, two shots of something like that. Like, clearly this is never, like, hardcore porn, so it's not like you're actually showing all that much. But, like, if he actually could show more signifiers even, like, what would he put there? But... That's impossible to know without talking to Mr. Barker, of course. So, uh, yeah, turn it a very good My DMs question. are open. How would we even know it was anal to begin with? Apparently, there was like some suggestion. Uh, <coughs> oh, God. Now we've summoned everyone in the <laughs> fanfight chat here, and uh, it's really good. I want everybody to know that this is happening in real time, and it's very, very good. Um, so, the blood. Uh, so there's a really, really uh, intense scene here, not just the the blood itself, I do think that's a really good and, and pretty realistic looking, frankly, effect. Um, Larry is afraid of looking at blood, so he jumps, he runs up, you know, to this attic and he's like, Julia, you you have to look at it. I can't even look at this. I'm gonna throw up, I'm gonna faint. And she tries to kind of take care of him, but some of that blood splashes into the this, like, <laughs> old crappy attic uh, flooring. And that somehow either summons or reanimates or awakes or feeds or something happens here that is wonderfully, uh, wonderfully vague. Uh, And Frank kind of comes back. His organs start coming back in this like reverse melting kind of scene where his his bones and his organs begin to kind of come together. So I want to let y'all talk about this one as well.
2: This scene is so fucking gross. It rules. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Like this must be the most expensive part of the movie. It has like, to be. I don't this it's like the thing level visual yeah. effects. Yeah. Um, it's just so grotesque and wonderful. And like the seeing him in various states of like having regenerated from the inside out is the best part of the movie, I think. It's so good.
0: Yeah. LB, what do you think?
1: This is the sickest shit. Ever. <laughs> yeah. I love this. I love this. It's like, I remember watching this for the first time and being like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> body horror. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this, like the stop motion is so satisfying. It's just, fucking cool and gross and slimy yeah. and there's like there are these elements of it, of this movie these little pieces that feel very like fantasy like f- fantasy genre like yeah yeah like where I feel like I'm my breath is taken away by like the wonder like oh so many things could be possible <laughs> amazing but it's like gnarly and gross and yeah. like this is one of those where I'm just like I feel like a child looking at the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life, and like you know, anime sparkles as my eyes go wide. Yeah. that is how I feel about this sequence. I just like it's the, it's the coolest thing in the world to me.
0: At, like not to be uh, too gross or anything, but I there are times in EMS when you see like a really weird or funky injury, and I I I will say I have the instinct that i have in a horror movie where you just want to look at it like you have that little bit of weird I, th- <coughs> so i don't want to sound like i'm some kind of like <sighs> I, I don't get off to other people's pain or anything like that like let's be clear I, Danielle. Uh, in a medical setting are you very a cenobite
2: <laughs> you have to tell us if you're a cenobite look,
0: I, I have something to tell
2: otherwise you it's entrapment
0: I, uh, look, I know I, I, your boss and everything. and like, but here, here's the, I need to just be open with my truth. I'm a Cenobite. I've been a Cenobite my whole life. I, uh, you know, I, I, I spent a lot of time in the hell dimension. You know, people ask me how I have time to do everything. And it's cause I'm just like a trans dimensional alien.
2: That's what it is. I kind of always suspected though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I figure, I, I feel like I don't hide things that well. So yeah, I think, uh, feels good getting that off my chest, to be honest. Uh, And and now it's real. Um, But yeah, there is this, like, sick, like, feeling of, like, wonder of, like, oh, this is how things come together. (laughs) Like, this is how the body is constructed. And wow, it's kind of amazing to behold. It is gross and sometimes uh, a little terrifying, but it can also be that kind of magic that you're talking about, LB, of, like, oh my God, like this is like a secret of the universe or something that, you know, we don't always see this kind of stuff, but like seeing it feels wild to me. So yeah, this movie does this so, so well. Uh, my I guy looks it. like Especially- evil
2: slim good body, okay? Like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're correct about that. That is correct. Uh, <laughs> that's that's amazing. I uh, I love it. Uh, we have uh, some interplay here after uh, this happens with Kirsty, and we have this dinner party that is just the fucking worst dinner party ever. Where Larry is just being the most obnoxious white dude with his stupid friends. Kirsty is somehow attracted to this incredibly British man who puts cigarettes in his mouth, uh, and closes his mouth and then opens his mouth again. And you know he's
1: cute. Like as somebody who is attracted to dudes, like if this is sure. cute, he's got good boy energy. Like he seems like he'd be supportive. And put his denim jacket on you and believe yeah. you if something was going wrong and like not talk to you too much about his own boring synth music. Um, <laughs> but like you could still go to his synth band like his like the lead singer is like really annoying, but like he's cool. Yeah. And you'll go to the shows. So, like like this- I get I get the appeal. I get the appeal of this very bland man. Sure. I completely. His hair is so fluffy also
0: yeah he's a sweetheart, and he uh,
1: he's so boring though <laughs>
0: he is very boring. It, it does feel like the heteros in this movie are 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 boring. I'm sorry. they they feel boring. Like, heterosexuality without, like cenobite level kink in this movie is, like presented as being pretty fucking boring. Um, And I, and I, and I tend to agree, but I'm also very biased and I, and I will not, maybe he
1: was hotter with the British accent also. Yeah, that's
0: probably a lot
1: of him looking that British and having an American accent is really off putting. And I feel like without that, like he would actually just be pure synth pop. Good boy energy. Yeah. And I'd be fully on board with Steve.
0: And he might be down for things. You don't know. Like he might be. So it's it's fine. Kirstie should get her. Steve
1: is way more likely to have copies of Boot Lovers Digest than Frank was.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just going to say it. I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> yeah. Cuz he he's not like trying to fucking advertise it. That's why. Like he's not he doesn't need to tell everybody. He doesn't need to show everybody his little like uh sexy statues and things. Like
1: He's got nothing to prove. He's got nothing to prove. Except that he can put a cigarette in his own mouth. Yeah. Which that, is actually kind of That's like, his flex. Yeah. I mean, cigarettes in the mouth, that like, just, you know, just immediately ashtray-coded boy. Actually, no, I'm fully on board with Steve now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> LB has cons- convinced themselves.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to be that. It's not a Razor episode. I get to be this. I get to, like, as a treat.
0: Yes. This
1: as a treat, truth. I get to call a, ca- a movie character ashtray-coded <laughs> and uh, and say that I'm on board with Steve. Steve Hall
0: Razor. You know what? We're all about living our truths here. I'm a Cenobite. You like Steve. Steve hell? fine.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Steve Hell.
2: Kind of a callback <laughs> to uh, yeah. a great meme yeah. from 20 years ago. <laughs> Steve Hell.
1: I mean, but uh, we're, we're, all, we're all in our 30s here. It's fine. Mm-hmm. We're all in our Well, 30s Danielle 30s, is, is
2: unfathomable. Good. Danielle's age is yeah. unfathomable. Because That's true. The yeah. number
0: doesn't exist in human terms.
2: The so. hell... The hell thing.
0: It's a hell. It's a hell number that only. Kind of a Hellboy enough.
2: situation. You yeah, seen Hellboy? Of. It's kind of like a Hellboy.
0: Yeah, he was born in the fifties, but he still looks like he's like thirty all the time, and it's fine.
1: And yeah. super buff, just like Danielle. Yeah,
0: just like me. Exactly. See, so
1: it's like a Hellboy.
0: I'm I'm a Hellboy Hellraiser Cenobite. That's me. That's my truth, and I'm living it. Um,
2: uh, <laughs> the
1: Hellraiser.
0: Kirsty's living her truth because she calls her dad when she has a nightmare. Um, <laughs> Which is not a thing I do, but like they have
1: she a very about her dadship,
0: dad. and she does call him daddy. Which in 1987 was that less of a thing? She's I don't appropriating
2: know. it. Like, let's be honest here, she is appropriating <laughs> that term.
1: <laughs> she might be,
2: but it's uh, okay because be. Clive Barker wrote it, so he it's okay.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. true. He's a,
0: he's allowed to do that. Yeah. Um. Not long after the uh, uh, nightmare scene, which is really well shot. Actually, it's like poetically uh, beautiful gore in a way that the sort of viscera scene not too long before that was much more going for the gore effect. This is like slow motion and feathers and blood and and, and that kind of thing. And I always kind of wonder, are we supposed to think that Kirsty is like a little bit psychic or has, you know... I don't know, a little bit of the shining in her or like it, it's something. Cause she has this sort of weird premonition nightmare before I believe the first uh, killing. So it's always kind of like one of those, like, does she, does she kind of know things? She kind of, she's down with things. Uh, there's also all these hints that like all the weird stuff, including the weird sex stuff in Frank's uh, little Heidi uh, hole. Larry's always like, Oh, well,
1: Kirstie would love this, which is a weird thing for a dad to say about his daughter, I think, maybe, but hey. Wait, was that about the sex stuff or about, like, his own mom's, like, weird, random, like, Catholic kitsch? Oh, good
0: call. I thought, his... I thought there was a whole lot of all of it, like, kind of all over the place, but I, maybe, might, I yeah. may be just off here.
1: But I mean, he also is like he also grins really gross uh, at dinner party when ashtray Steve says like makes like a innuendo at Kirstie. Yeah, he does. He's like, "Oh yeah, my daughter's gonna fuck." It's like, dude, boundaries. Yeah, boundaries, my man, Larry.
0: And it, and it'll come up later, as of course, it, towards the very very end of the film with the "come to daddy" line.
1: Yeah, so
0: we've got a lot of daddy stuff going on here. I'm just I'm just mentioning that already. Um. As the movie uh, rolls right along, Julia, and this is right after the dinner party. Actually, Julia goes up to the attic and encounters, uh, <laughs> what did what did you call him? Uh, Evil Slim Goodbody <laughs> encounters
2: mm-hmm.
0: encounters uh, Frank in this state. And Frank keeps saying, "Don't look at me! Don't look at me!" Because, like you know, Frank is sexy, and he's not looking his best at the moment. He's just sort of a, a blood. Uh,
1: demon thing. He's uh, the so another demon. thing that Frank has not figured out yet is body positivity. Exactly. Like, mm. Once again, showing that he's how unready he was to summon That's the Cenobites. Yeah, yeah. I agree. He did not agree. do his homework. So yeah, he's not body positive. So he's ashamed of his evil slim good body look, which is totally valid. Yep. Listen, yep. if you're listening to this and you don't have skin or muscles or barely any viscera and you're just kind of like some slimy bones, yeah. you're valid as fuck.
2: Yeah, I'm going to do I'm going to disagree. I think um, think you're not... I I think it's not valid to just be a walking hell man. I think you should probably see a doctor um, (laughs) if you don't have skin, you know? Um, Or feast on some corpses to get your skin back.
0: Right, which is, of course, what he uh, sort of really uh, hilariously just posits to Julia. Like, oh, the blood brought me back, so you know, give me some more. <laughs> it's
1: just Choppy, like, choppy, <laughs> more blood. Piece of shit. He also uh, feasts on rats,
0: which is a thing that happens here as well. So, yeah. So, uh, he gets Julia, uh, to, uh, start doing a murder. Julia goes out and I, this scene creeps uh, me out maybe more than anything else in the it's whole It's the movie. grossest shit. Yeah. Does somebody else want to, uh, uh, take this one to take this scene? Julia going to the bar to pick up
1: victim number one. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we get Julia looking cool as fuck in this, like, <laughs> mustard button-down with a, like, beaded necklace. These big, like, tortoise shell uh, star-shaped, like, earrings. They're huge. She's got her, like, her hair is looking big and 80s. She's got sunglasses on indoors when she's drinking. <laughs> and this, like, just slimy little, like, just shitty bald guy. Just this, like just the worst guy like and not in like a like in that kind of i don't want to say beta but like this kind of nice guy nice i'm a nice normal slimy guy who wants to fuck you in the middle of the day at a bar way in a suit and she like he like flirts with her and then she takes him home and they like kiss and it's just oh, it's disgusting. so gross it, it's, and they like the uh, way they have the audio like the kissing is so loud and i also have like my really good audio i have my really good I had my really good headphones on which is often great not great for this cuz i could just oh yeah yeah the audio of the kissing is the most disgusting thing in this whole movie
0: yeah it really is and, and like how much she so clearly she's so
1: so disgusted she's so disdainful she fucking hates this guy she hates doing this she's like her performance is amazing unimpeachable her outfits in this performance unimpeachable julia we fucking stand. like she's incredible she is so grossed out and like you can tell she's freaked out about having to do this murder and let this horrible normal dude like the thing is that he's not that horrible. Is that he's just this normal guy she doesn't want to fuck. Well, the, he also it, does. The horror, it,
0: it, there is this moment of of him like losing his temper with her, and he's like, "Yeah, I know he's tell me You're gonna fucking say no or whatever." Right? Paraphrasing. So it's like, yeah, he can he can fucking he, eat
1: shit. yeah he sucks. Yeah, <laughs> but like the there's nothing immediately like horrifying or disgusting about him. He's very like boring and mundane. It's a very boring, mundane kind of horror, as opposed to like all of the very dramatic, fancy body horror, leather horror, crazy stuff in the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Where like the mo- the horror of just like making out with a boring dude you don't want to fuck is actually like the most visceral horror in the whole thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Fortunately, and like you're like, and it just takes forever to get for her to get him up to the non-bedroom where frank is hanging out and she has to like lock the door and convince the guy it's totally normal there's no better there it's just this gnarly uh-huh. rat infested empty <laughs> room uh I was just like no don't you just like don't you just i've always preferred having sex on the floor haven't you and he's just like this <laughs> bald boring guy and he's like oh yeah of course i love the floor um <laughs> And then finally, he like he's like, "Oh no, I have to go to the bathroom." And he turns around, and she grabs a hammer, and you're like, "Oh, thank God!" It took forever. At least that's <laughs> yeah. how I feel watching the scene. Yeah, <laughs> no, like, I'm just waiting for her to get on with it, and because I, I don't want her to have to kiss him anymore. Yeah, it just sucks. And then he gets eaten, and my favorite part happens, which is like one of my favorite shots in cinema history which is Julia like taking the shirt off in the bathroom and looking at herself in the mirror and she's like splattered in blood and like makes eye contact with herself. Yeah. Man, what a performance. It's incredible.
0: Uh just to, just to get her name in there just so we give her proper uh proper props is uh Claire Higgins is uh, Claire the actress. Higgins, yeah. Great uh, work. Incredible. Incredible performance here really. Uh, and also like it, it really feels, and again, like, tell me if I'm wrong or I'm reading too much into it, but, like, it feels like this is almost, like, her first queer relationship, which I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. This is, like, a wildly overdramatic horror version of that, but, like, the amount of internalized homophobia that can come along with, like, finally having the kind of sex that maybe you wanted to have or that you the kind of connection that you've always wanted to have like that's how this reads to me it reads to me like she feels this guilt she feels this uh incredible remorse obviously but also she doesn't stop like she she needs it right like she needs to keep going so I keep seeing every time I watch this movie I just keep seeing more and more kind of queerness in these characters even though I know it's obviously it's it's a it's a dude and a lady here but it almost feels like, okay, that's all you could do in 1987. It had to be a dude and a lady and it had to be weird kink and it had to be murder and it had to be all these things but what's really going on here is people realizing they're different and they need different things and uh, and in a very fucked up way it's kind of tragic. <laughs> also, y'all can tell me if that's a fucking wild ass read and doesn't uh, sit with you. I'm also very okay with that as
1: well. I I mean, it seems like a pretty reasonable read to me. I don't think it's necessarily like a one-to-one. I think it yeah. like it can also apply, like this experience can also apply to straight people. Sure. Um, sure. who just like don't want the thing that sucks. Yeah. They want the thing that rules. Mm-hmm. Um and <laughs> yep. they got a one taste of the thing that rules. Which in this case I guess is anal. Um <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and they're like, like, No, this is be. the thing that rules. I got like I had <laughs> anal on my wedding dress with my future brother-in-law, and it was sick. <laughs>
0: It's right. It was on the wedding dress. It was on the wedding dress. Classic,
1: which is a classic, like cuckold fetish trope, like (laughs) old tale as old as time. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Like she gets, she got a taste of the one of the cool, of the cool sex. Yeah. And then had to be married to this boring guy. Yeah. And then like now she has a chance from, and like the actual tragedy of Julia is that, like, she could have just not married Larry and yeah. been like, Frank, you're kind of a dick. Or you're kind of a dick. Guess what? Like, a lot of people can do anal. I can just, like, go do this on yes. my own. Yes. And not have to be with either these terrible brothers. A hundred percent. Like, a hundred percent. But instead, she does the hard, the much, the much harder version, the uphill battle of rebuilding an undead guy. <laughs> By murdering a bunch of dudes, by murdering a bunch of mm-hmm. boring dudes and feeding them to him, so that maybe they could do anal again one day.
0: Yep. When he stops hurting, when his nerves stop hurting, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but she's like super horny for him, and like once he gets, once she, he like, like it's gross, and she's grossed out, but she's also psyched. Yeah. She's so, so into like, it.
0: So you maybe she in the performance. maybe this is her thing. Oh, Maybe
1: Maybe hits. she can't go to just like a regular Alive person maybe it's like it's got to be Frank it's got to be undead Frank and his viscera Yeah I don't know
0: like the way the Actors are sort of like grabbing each other's hands The way they did in the like hot hotty Hot scene from way earlier like yeah, doing all the, the mouth same touching motion the mouth Stuff and the finger like it's all the exact yeah. Same she is Real into it so Yeah she might just like him better without His skin I don't know you know
1: which is like if you're if you're looking at you know the kind of his like scholarship on horror and horror and monstrosity as a queer thing that's like yes no this is all classically like that's that is how this that that's you are not the it's not an unreasonable reading at all thank you I don't think I think it's a very like yeah queer monstrosity there's a lot of, I mean I don't know how to read but if I did mm. i would be able to tell you about all kinds of books about that
0: <laughs> it's extremely fair Mary. how about you how do you how do you find all of this and there also is of course a scene just after we get a little bit more Cenobite uh exposition so if, if if you don't feel much about this one we could we could also talk yeah
2: about i know let's let's uh let's move on
0: Awesome. Uh, so we do get a little bit more Cenobite exposition right after this. Uh, Frank starts telling Julia about them and we get this these little flashes of Cenobites. Uh, and we get a little bit of this pleasure and pain uh, rhetoric and a little bit of the, you know, they can't tell the difference between pleasure and pain or it's so extreme that it doesn't matter uh, and so on and so forth. And it's, and it's just absolutely... Uh, A little delicious treat of of more Cenobites, because we haven't seen them since the beginning, and this is, God, 45 minutes or so into the movie at this point, so we get a little bit of that. Uh, Did y'all want to talk about this at all, or we want to move on to the pet store?
1: Let's go go to the pet store, where the the enticing cricket eating... (laughs)
0: briefly and this is not you know the most important part of the movie but it is interesting and it does set up some things that uh we we have Kirsty going to a pet store she sees her cute uh innocent boyfriend uh, and then of course uh, we see this man that she did see earlier uh this creepy man with a creepy man beard uh, who will become uh, important towards the very very end of the film in this kind of middle section, we get a whole bunch more deaths. I guess I'll, I'll move along a little bit here. Uh, we get a few more Julia killing guys. Um, and and it comes a little bit faster. It gets a little bit easier for her to do the killings uh, kind of as as time goes along. She even tries to kill Larry kind of at one point. She like brings him into the attic. Uh, she's like, I'm scared. There's something in the attic. And, and, you know, Larry's like, oh, it's probably a rat, which is just the fucking... He's just there are rats on nails here it's a lot uh there's just a lot of like very horror tropes there's a lot of like lightning and thunder and and goofy shit (sighs) there is the awful no sex scene between uh larry and julia which is really uncomfortable to watch as well uh do either of you want to talk about that scene all right we could just move on it's it sucks it sucks to look at i hate it uh, it's really awkward and bad. I mean,
1: where like where Frank comes in and she thinks, and like Frank is going to kill him. And then she has to like beg Frank not to. Yeah. But it seems like mm. she's, but she's also begging Larry to like not do sex because yep. she's freaked out. And then he acts weird, but she's just like literally saved his life. Yep. And it's just gnarly and, and gross. Just yeah. He gets mad at her
0: like, oh, one minute you're and all over like, me.
1: Ugh. Yeah. And it like, it does suck. They both. And that's like, that's I feel like is the ultimate like thesis of, these both these dudes suck. Is yeah, that they're it? they're bad. They both fucking suck.
0: <laughs> they're both bad. These are shitty brothers who suck, you know? Uh we get to the point where Kirsty basically walks in on uh, Frank, starting to become Frank. He's a he's a still a juicy mummy man. Uh, and he starts talking to her like, oh, it's been so long. Uh <laughs> which is a really weird thing to start saying. Uh, there's some pretty gross ancestral like uh vibes here basically uh where he's like oh you know you're, you're looking so good don't kid yourself nothing to be afraid of all these yeah, kinds he's of a things creepazoid
1: he talks about <laughs> yeah, yeah i know he's creeping on his niece. it's it's gnarly yeah,
0: yeah it's not great it's not super great uh she kind of twists his heart i think is like the th- the connotation here that like she's able to get away from him uh because he like uh is still sort of weak, but she touches the lament configuration importantly here. Uh, and she starts to kind of figure out what's going on. Again, faster than anybody else, which again makes me think like, is Kirstie a little touched? Like, does she have a little bit of, a little bit of the supernatural going on with her? Or does she just know that her dad and her uncle just kind of suck and she's just faster than anybody else to figure shit out. She throws the lament configuration out the window. Uh, and I think she... Not long after this, like she sort of walks and passes out uh like thinking about Frank and ends up in a hospital uh which is which is a gnarly ass thing uh to kind of have happen and any thoughts here on on this sort of segment of Julia, not Julia, sorry, Kirsty starts to suffer for the lament configurations uh, hellish ways
1: i mean i've what I have a lot of enthusiasm about is this part in the hospital, so. Yeah.
0: All right, let's talk about it. Do you want to take us into that?
1: Sure, yeah. So Kirsty wakes up in the hospital. There's this, like, scary doctor guy who's like, oh, well, blah, 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 blah. What's going on? He's really judgmental. And he's like, maybe you should work on this puzzle box and you can think about things. And she's freaked out. And he locks her in there. And so she starts playing with uh, Lamarchand's Marchand's box and, uh, or Lament Configuration, the puzzle thing. Uh, and... Uh, opens you know she solves it it's sick uh it opens like a portal to this like cool hallway dimension where there's a big monster yeah like uh, a a weird
0: like penis worm monster sorta
1: yeah with like a stinger and it's like a little bit of a baby giant fleshy (laughs) gross thing (laughs) yeah uh and she goes ah and then she and then you know goes back in he's gone and then the sickest shit ever happens Every, I mean, like several things in this movie are the sickest shit ever. But this part is the sickest shit ever, for real. Which is, there's like this scary TV in the room and it's all staticky. And I guess she's watching like the channel that just shows like flowers opening and vibing, um, which is the channel I want to watch all the time. But yeah, it's just these like cool shots of flowers opening and static, static, static. And like the tiles on the walls turn black and there's just, they start glowing and and there's smoke and. Blood starts coming into the IV drip, and then it explodes. And then the centibites show up, and I'm just like screaming because it's the coolest shit I've ever seen in my entire life. And I've seen this movie so many times, and I pop so hard every time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, Mary, What do you think of this uh, this section
2: here? Um. Yeah. No. It's uh. It's good. I like when the walls move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they go into the the world. Um. And um. Yeah, she makes that. She cuts a deal with them.
1: Hey, uh, I love the cutting a deal part. Yeah. Yeah, and because um, yeah, they're ready to take her. They're psyched. They're they like, real you, horny you about the Kirstie. Box. We're gonna. You, you did it.
2: We have such sites to show you. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: We get all the She's channels like, Wait. in hell. We get all of them.
1: <laughs> do we get all the flower vibing channels? We get
2: all the flower vibing channels. We have such sites to show you of the the thing the
1: the TV channels. Just sick, just sick like practical effects. Yeah. Like that's the sites we have to show you. Just the coolest Mm -hmm. shit you've ever seen in your life. She's like, no, I don't want to see that. I like, I like my Astro boyfriend. (laughs) I like my pet shop job. Um what how about this? Do you ever torture a dude named Frank Cotton? Because he escaped. And they're like, no fuck him, he never escaped. And she's like he did. And I will show it to you. I will show him to you. And if he confesses then you have to take him and not me and I'm all right and you leave me alone forever. And they're yeah. like, sure, whatever. It's really That's what good. They <laughs> I mean, <Quoth> it's... pinhead, <laughs> sure, whatever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure, whatever. I-, I love the line of uh, don't cry, it's a waste of good suffering because it feels oh, very yeah. earnest. Like, even though I know it's like horror movie monster thing to say, it actually, the delivery, of course, um, from Doug Bradley, it just feels like actually very earnest. Like, no, please. Like, I want... He's passionate a about his work. Summer.
1: Yeah, he's done Like, he's not all a monster, but he's not doing this like for the pension, you know. Yeah, mm. like he's not doing this for the healthcare. He's doing this because he loves it.
2: I think he
0: really does. And the creature design, just I just love it. It's really iconic. It's really good. It's really uh, tactile, I guess. Yeah. Uh, not meaning to be joking. Just, it actually like, really is. Like the yeah. texture of it is great.
1: It's. Oh, yeah, just good shit. I, I, the aesthetics of this movie that it all just works for me on so many levels and I go nuts for it. Um, yeah. Like, okay, wait, I know we have to move along, but like, who's your favorite Cenobite?
0: <laughs> well... Uh, your your choices are, by the way. It's Chatterbox. It's Pinhead. It is quote female Cenobite.
2: <laughs> the girl, the girl one, uh, yeah.
0: The girl one and uh, Butterball Cenobite. That's how they're officially listed, apparently. Yeah. In, in
1: I'm that. Butterball kin. Yeah. Mm. Obviously, like little sunglasses, kind of in the background, but like holding it down with vibes. That's me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's really good. That's I like really
2: the good. chatterer. I like the teeth. The teeth one yeah when it's just like like it just kind of like that's its whole thing (laughs) you know if if, it figured that out early and was like listen pinhead you can take sort of the lead i'm just gonna yeah i'm just gonna like do this to punctuate things once in a while and people will get creeped out by it
1: yeah it's such a good that's like a that's like the like you know the like the hype man in a rap crew who just kind of like because yeah kind of the flavor and like get the crowd going like
2: the of the center yeah
1: yeah yeah like that's the that is a really good job to have and i think like it's probably pretty fun yeah uh remember anybody's names yes what about you danielle oh god well
0: you know my answer's gonna be so fucking boring i i always like the girl one of everything so I know I am a Cenobite, but I'm, I'm sorry that I have to say that I also like, like in every video game I played as a young child, I always play as
1: the girl. So the girl one's cool. Like, it just sucks that her name's the girl one. I know. Like, it's yeah, she's like, awesome. It's pretty Probably because they were like, they were like, you cannot call her pussy neck in the credits. <laughs> and <Claire's> like <laughs> They took that out, it, too. They're Claire's like, no, but that's her name. And they're like, no, 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 no. You cannot, no British accents, no anal, and you cannot call this character Pussy Neck. Oh God. <laughs> if only they could. <sighs> God. So. Yeah. Yeah, just got the cool piercings. Anyways, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm glad it, we're all on board with our favorite Cenobites. Like. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's really,
0: really good, and it is, of course, I think, just a great moment as well for Kirsty to show she's the smartest fucking person here, because uh, she figures shit out faster than anybody else, and also is just more on top of things. Kirsty goes back to the house, and so now we're in, we're into the like final uh, twenty minutes here. or So Kirsty goes back to the house. Julia has finally fucked Frank. He was strong enough to fuck. He's now wearing a a, t- <laughs> a face. Uh it, there is a a moment of uh you know confusion about whether uh, Andrew Robinson or Larry sorry I could I would never say Andrew Robinson is as boring as Larry uh it's kind of taken over their his body at this point oh he uh, cut
2: his no I mean he took, his skin off. he took his skin off like let's not yeah. mince words he did take his skin
0: yeah he just tore it right off and put it right on you know that's that's what happened here
1: uh, uh, like the ultimate uh like ultimate younger sibling being like oh can i borrow your cool jacket i've not, i'm an only child so I'm, i've only seen this in like movies and stuff but i feel like that's a thing and yeah. they're like oh larry your skin's so cool can i borrow it i promise i won't ruin it and Larry's like fuck you you're the worst you're so annoying crank's like okay you're dead now just borrow your, your
2: skin real quick larry
1: <laughs> <laughs> i just need don't bogar your
2: skin let me, borrow, let me just borrow that real
1: quick. The fuck your skin. <laughs> ah.
2: Mom, Mom said it's my turn on your skin. <laughs>
1: God. Oh, fuck.
0: Oh, it's so good. Uh, and of course we get our fucking come to daddy moment here, which is a lot. It's a lot. There's so much here.
1: What I'm a sure bummer way to realize your dad's dead. Right. When yeah. your creepy uncle's wearing his skin and then hits on you. That's Not like, the, like, again, like really <laughs> bad, really a bad time.
0: Yeah, I agree. Poor Kirsty Again, kind of the smartest person in this movie. Although, to be honest, I don't think intelligence is any kind of problem with Julia. She just she just couldn't get enough of that. That Frank D. I mean, let's be honest. That's that's what's going on here. And uh after, after this kind of happens, we get to our, our sort of freaky deaky horror, uh, horror movie uh, chasing each other around a house kind of stuff is going on. But in, in this case, the Cenobites are also here. Uh, Frank, in of course, in uh, Larry's skin, also kills Julia with a nothing personal, <laughs> which is also...
2: Nothing teleports behind you. Nothing personal, kid. <laughs>
0: it's, Sucks. It's, it's so much it's so much he's just an evil man being evil kind of at this point but we're already like fucking look the gloves have been off for an hour and 20 minutes at this point and now the gloves have, have come off and the skin has come off so it's really just anything goes <laughs> at this point the Cenobites are here and they save Kirstie the deal is coming is is coming I love this scene does uh LB or Merrick, do you want to talk about this scene where the Cenobites finally come for Frank
2: Jesus wept, baby. (laughs) Jesus wept. Jesus Uh, I'm going to get torn apart by hooks again. (laughs) That's what he says. Because he confesses. He's like, I killed your dad. And um, (laughs) then they're like, "Uh uh-oh, you did it. Um, But then the Cenobites are like, yeah, well, why don't we just take you two? Because, you know we we might as well
0: get two for one we've altered the
2: deal pray we do not alter it any further um (laughs) yeah but then she figures out the box and christy's boyfriend just like shows up again (laughs) and is never seen again (laughs) (laughs) maybe later on but in the sequel he's never seen or mentioned
1: again i don't think he ever i don't think he shows up in the other ones let me let me check i thought he he might not be the
0: same actor but i Isn't there a boyfriend in the second one at the beginning? Maybe
1: not. I thought she just has her, like, hospital girlfriend. Oh, maybe. I'm pretty
2: sure he is not. He just is never mentioned again. Like, he just disappears. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Bye-bye. I mean, like, honestly, his band must take off. Yeah. Like, they must get a hit. You know? Yeah. (laughs) He just goes on a tour in Australia or something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or he, like, leaves the band and becomes a touring member of a different band.
2: Yeah. You
1: know? It could. That's it happened. happened. That oh. stuff happened in the late '80s. Oh, that's oh, true. I mean, listen, like a supportive, easy to be around, trusting synth player. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They're worth their weight in gold.
0: As, I mean, especially as the house is coming down around you, right? Like the whole house comes down, um, yeah. and uh, and like he was there for her. You know, you could say he played the right notes as the as the boring, trusting boyfriend. Uh but, but it is beautiful. And then, of course, we do get the little teaser at the end. Uh, we get Creepy Man. <laughs> Creepy Man so the, the house is gone. The Cenobites are gone. Kirstie had figured out, of course, the Lament configuration and does that really cool neon uh, uh, visual effect. Uh, and then uh, Creepy Man burns in a fire and becomes like a, a dragon insect hell thing, mm-hmm. which is a lot. Uh, does somebody want to
1: talk about the, the skeleton dragon here? Uh, the, when the fucking like creepy dude who has just been kind of lurking around watching with big soulful eyes, uh, catches on fire and then turns into a big skeleton dragon and flies away with the lament configuration. And I just, and I say once more, this is the sickest shit I've ever seen. (laughs) Yeah, yes. I mean, what else is there to say? It's the sickest shit I've ever seen. Like, I don't know why this happens. It's so, mm-hmm. like, fantastical and, del- like, delightful. It's not scary. It's, like, silly, but not silly in a laughing at it way. Silly in, it in like a wondrous way. Like, the world, mm. like, you do have such sights to show me, such as this shit right here that I'm looking at <laughs> that I fucking love because it is a skeleton dragon bat. They used to be a dude on fire and took the demonic Rubik's cube and is flying away with it at the end of the movie. What I genuinely
0: love about this, other than of course, like the visuals are incredible is that it it's just like the dude who like owns the lament configuration or like rents it or whatever. Like this is his whole fucking scandal. Like all he does, it gives this to a horny man or horny person who can't get enough. And then, like after that wreaks havoc on 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 this person, he just gets his dragon to go get it back. Like that's it. Like that that's his whole hustle. This dude. Like he's probably mm-hmm. getting so rich off well, of this hustle. Uh, did
2: oh wait? Did people buy it from him? Like did did Frank actually buy it, or is he just like this belongs yeah. to you?
0: He gave him a ton of money with his, like, dirty oh, fingernails. Okay. He gives him a ton of yeah. money. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. I just always focus on his nasty nails. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the whole thing is he's a sex guy, you know? And it's just like. Right.
0: He's dirty. Uh, he's a dirty boy. Wash your
1: hands. You have to really wash those hands. Yep. 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 Hands because... hands, gloves,
0: my friend. Hands and gloves. Like, wash them, Oh, wash gross,
1: gross, gross. Also, very exciting news about, you know, the big fleshy demon? Yeah. From the hallway. Guess what that guy's name is? What's his name?
2: Isn't it The Engineer? The Engineer. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's so cool.
0: <laughs> what? The Engineer. That's so good. Like a train engineer? Because he's like rolling like Choo-choo. a train kind of
1: thing. <laughs> so, like, he's from <laughs> in to the paint train. In the book, he does not look like that. He's just like this, like, he's the actual boss of the Cenobites. Oh, shit. And he, like, possesses stuff and he's like this kind of flash of light. Um, but, okay, here's the wiki. It says, in the film Hall the engineer is a demon which prowls the corridors of hell. The engineer <laughs> resembles an amalgamation of various animals. And, mm. uh, yeah. it ba- She banishes it back to hell. And then I think it just never shows up again, looking like this. They mm. call other stuff the engineer and refer to the engineer. Huh. Uh, but this is the only appearance of it. Like in this weird fleshy form. Yeah. But yeah, and in in the book, it like, uh, I haven't read the book in a really long time, but apparently it possesses Julia's head and speaks through her. Cool shit. That's cool as hell, yeah. I'm wiggling my fingers in a spooky way.
0: (laughs) Wiggling my fingers all over the lament configuration in a spooky
1: way. Uh, (laughs) Wiggling my like, I'm also now thinking about Frank. I'm like, oh, how clean are my nails? Do I need to trim my nails? Like, I'm not gross. <laughs> I wash my hands a lot because it's the COVID times.
0: Yeah. It's good to wash your... Look, like, I think no matter what else in the universe that we get from this film, it's all, it, it's good to wash your hands. Let's just, like, show it hands. that way. Like, keep your hands clean. You know, it's good for you. It's good for anybody that you may be, uh, you know, intimate with. Like, it's just good in general for these things.
1: Also, like, can you imagine... Okay, so, you know, got the skeleton flying guy. Yeah. Do you think he's the guy who has to clean up the box every time? Oh,
0: shit. Just to,
1: like, wipe it down and, like... Yeah. I don't know if you've ever cleaned, like, a Rubik's Cube, but you do have to, like... Like, gunk gets between all the pieces, so you have to, like, kind of move it around and, like, really get in there. I knew a guy once who was, like, a competitive Rubik's Cuber, um, and he, like, cleaning was a process. Wow. You have to take oh, the whole no. thing apart, so...
0: Like rubbing alcohol? Like, do you use yeah. that for that? Or, okay.
1: I think so, yeah. Unless, but like, I don't know, what's the mate- What material is LaMarchand's box? Like, yeah. Maybe like white vinegar would be. That's like okay. a good non harsh cleaning.
0: Yeah. You, I, I feel like you had also mentioned, like, you knew a lot about cleaning. Was this from your like art background and, and knowing how to like clean certain? Because it might have been on fanfight that you mentioned something about this recently about like cleaning stoves and cleaning areas of yeah anyway
1: it's, no. it's important
0: keep your shit clean you know like that's just generally just keep your shit clean that's like a very good thing do i know we're running a little long here um and of course for a, a 90 minute movie we're we're close to 80 at this point i guess <laughs> we're in the 70s <laughs> uh which is always good i always appreciate that any final thoughts that folks have about this incredible movie and uh revisiting it often apparently
1: <laughs> i have one final thought but i would very selfishly like to go last
0: yeah of course uh merit would you like to would you like to go first
1: um god yeah i don't know
2: uh it's a it's a great horror flick i feel like even with all the compromises that had to be made to get this released uh it still is a lot of fun and any movie that's just driven by people being horny is very funny to me. Um, <laughs> this wouldn't have happened if nobody was horny. That's the moral that I take away from this. Movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, if we all just had no sex drive, none of this would have happened.
2: Me, Everybody me looking, fine. me looking at at Frank and Julia uh, in class, getting distracted by the Hellraisers while I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's true it's true true. I like that um for for my own part again all time an all-time favorite it's like a a top five for me definitely top 10 I, I think a top five for me um I love it. I think it's a beautiful examination of uh, of kink and queerness uh, it, it, and what you could say at all about it at the time and put it in a mainstream movie and sell fucking action figures eventually and make nine fucking sequels. And really like this actual core movie is a really, I think, fun and amazing and also like has these deep little seeds of tragedy in terms of like people just wanting to be what they are and they can't be and that's like very intensely sad to me even though it's wrapped up in this delicious package of incredible visual effects and like wild just wild uh visuals so yeah love it to death love it past death i even love the sequel that's how much i love this and yeah lb i i, I bet you got something i i know you've
1: got something lb Okay, well, first off, my own thoughts. I love this movie. I love talking to you both about this movie. Uh, Danielle, I think you would really enjoy Clive Berker's uh, short, like, horror fiction. The Books of Blood are, like, very much the vibe that you just described as liking about Hellraiser. Um, But I'm actually going to quote one of my favorite movie critics. Uh, This is kid, 10 years old, uh, posting on commonsense.org on June 16th, 2013. A kid 10 years old rates Hellraiser, age 11 and up, four stars. <laughs> Good horror movie. Good movie. Good blood. Good gore. I'm 10 and I love it. This title contains positive messages, sexy stuff, positive role models, language, violence and scariness. Thank you, kid 10. I can't. I couldn't say it better myself. So I didn't. Thank you, kid 10 years old.
0: It has all these elements, you know, it has everything you'll ever need uh, in a movie. On that note, uh, I think I'm gonna read our our exit language here. I was gonna say intro language. That's not what it is. It's exit. It's exit. Uh, exit song to a film here. Thank you all so very much. Uh, and we hope you enjoyed your cinematic journey with us. Please do rate and review the podcast. It helps us so very much. And we really do appreciate it. Uh, and tell a friend. You know, tell that friend who who just can't get enough. Tell them about Hellraiser. And also tell them about our podcast. Uh, you can listen to all of our shows at fanbitecom slash podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at fanbyte media, on TikTok at fanbyte, and of course on fanbite.com. And you can watch all of our very good streams on twitch.tv slash fanbite. Thank you, of course, to Jordan Mallory, our incredible producer, uh, for producing, for being here with us, uh, for uh, making us sound good, and all of the other things. Merritt, where can people find you online?
2: Uh,
1: I'm on Twitter, at Merritt K.
0: Awesome. LB. how about you?
1: Uh, I'm also on Twitter, at Hunktears.
0: And if anybody felt the need to follow me, I am at Danielle R.I. on Twitter. And with that, You love to scream it.